Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Hello and welcome to Dead Bodies Podcast. Don't be professional, just tell me about what the hater said on Facebook. <laughs> Starring, well, because I need to just point out that just before we started, Chanel delicately tore a little corner off a piece of paper and spat out her chewing gum, well, which is now sitting on the desk I know, beside us. You said that, we, that reminds me well, that there was a hater. Tell me what they said. There was a hater on our Facebook page. <laughs> uh, it's gone now. I just... Because... Quite frankly, when I read it this afternoon, I just wasn't having any of that fuckery. I honestly wasn't in the mood to deal with it. I just... Was it a hater about me? Well, I don't know. I actually think it's probably me. It said something like... Um, I kind of remember, but it said something like... Do an like, accent. Uh, just humiliate them with an I accent. I don't even know. It's a, I'm allowed. I think she's American. No. Oh, I like our American. You just do, you just do like a dumb Americans. accent. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes. You guys as I really liked yous when you started, but I've gone off yous because. <laughs> no, I don't think she sounded like that. Um, apparently, I've just done it now. Apparently, we make lip smacking sounds oh. and it's disgusting. Oh. I know. And I suspect it's me because I feel like I used to have a technician who would say to me, look, and quite funnily enough, he had a speech impediment like that. You know that speech impediment? <laughs> like you went to a speech person and he that had a speech impediment. Yes, and he would – this is the technician and he would come and tell me off about my microphone technique – with his speech impediment in full flight, and he would say, "Now, lady, this is a big problem we've got with you. You are very sibilant. So you make sure that when you're talking, speaking into the microphone." <laughs> and he was, te- and I'm thinking, "Well, who is okay?" Um, so she was telling us off for that. And, I, and the more I thought about it, I thought she's okay with shoveling up, you know, liquefied. Oh, no, I said um a lot in the last episode. I realised. So no, I'm it's tr- a lip smacking wet sound, okay. apparently, or something like that. Okay, well, let's be conscious of it. Look, what do you want to? What say? was do the hater's first name? Dribble, be dry. What or? was the hater's first name? I can't remember. Oh, are we too moist? <laughs> or should we be very dry? Is that a problem? <laughs> What's dry what is the problem? Or do you think it's when we've laughed and cried and then a bit snotty? <laughs> I don't snuffy. know. You going first? Maybe it's that noise. That was a kiss. Okay. I think it's me. I reckon I talk so much, my mouth waters. <laughs> um, I don't know who went first last time. So I don't know. Do you... Is yours heavy? Mine's sort of medium okay. Mine's well cooked. Yours is heavy? Yeah. Okay, do yours first then. Okay. Trying not to do any weird noises. So I. What about when you burped on oh, the microphone? Sorry, I know. She didn't mention that, did she? <laughs> That's happened. She's okay. She with wasn't that. offended by that. <laughs> okay, so I am talking about a man called Vincent Brothers. Heard of this? Not immediately no. familiar. His no. name's confusing because his surname's Brothers, but Vincent Brothers. Mm-hmm. Now he was a popular, successful, and kind person. Hold on, I should credit. Uh, Keith Morrison, who is a correspondent for Dateline NBC. I relied heavily on the transcript of his story to get information to do this. Mm -hmm. Now, Vincent Brothers was a high school vice principal, very well liked. Mm. Everyone loved him. He was married to a woman called Joan, and she was described by friends as just the sweetest person you would ever meet. She also worked in the education field because there was a 
passion they shared. Why are you going to laugh? Sorry, because my mouth is watering. It's like it's <laughs> like my saliva. Don't make is any noise. Contrary. Lose. Don't don't imitate our good followers. <laughs> don't lip smack. I'm just so conscious of it. If I know. You, did you ever see the Peanuts cartoon where Linus said something to Lucy about her tongue and she just runs around screaming through the whole cartoon going, no, no more. Because if you do, have you ever become aware of your own tongue? Yeah, I do it all the time when I'm voicing scripts for the news and then I can't talk when I'm voicing a script and I try to say things that I can't say them. Where is my tongue? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Anyway. Like, lovely couple they sound lovely like. Lovely couple. Joan and Vincent loved by all. Now, Vincent... Again, he was a vice principal. He they actually lived in Bakersfield, California. Mm-hmm. Important to note. He was a real king of the kids kind of guy. Mm-hmm. All the kids loved him. News stations had done stories on the, the cup, them as a couple and how he would walk kids home from school. And they started this whole bike program where kids could ride home from school. Everyone loved him. Now... Speaking of kids, mm. they had three children together mm-hmm. and by all accounts were very much in love until Vincent began disappearing. Oh. Now, he would go missing for two or three days at a time. He wouldn't say where he was going, who he was seeing or why. This obviously caused arguments between the couple and they divorced. But sometime later, they got back together. Now, when they got back together, they had another daughter and a family friend said, Joni just wanted to have her children, Joni just wanted her children to have a father. uh, And that was her main reason for getting back together Mm -hmm. with him, which I think is fair. Yes. And a lot of women or men do that because they want their children to have a parent and they try to put it behind them. I'm not hating on her for that. Now, in 2003, they were officially remarried and they had another child, Marshall. Now, fast forward to... It's five now. Five kids? Uh, no, that's the child they had together that I mentioned oh, earlier. Okay. So yep. after they got back together, they had that child, Marshall. Sorry. Right. Now, on July 4th, which we know is a big celebration... What year are we in? Sorry. We are in uh, 2003. So... I can't get Bakersfield out of my mind. I've got a horrible Why? feeling I know what this is. I could be okay. wrong. So July Fourth weekend, big celebration. It's is that it's, it's Independence Day. Yes. Yeah. So Vincent flew to Ohio to see his family. Joan stayed in Bakersfield to enjoy the holiday weekend with her children. Now four days later, a friend dropped in to see the family. Vincent was still away, and she made a horrifying discovery. So at the end of that, it's difficult to hear, but she says, my sister, my mother, three children, they're all dead. <gasps> so I'll go through them and name them. So Joan Harper, uh, Vincent's sons, Marques, Marshall, his daughter, Lindsay, his mother-in-law, Ernstine Harper, all dead. They'd all been shot. Mm, wow. Now, Vincent was still on the road at this time. He was going to see his family. Uh, his mother became aware of what had happened, and she was the one who told him about the death of his, about the deaths of his entire family. It was a massacre. Mm. She said... I held him tight and he broke away from me. He started running and screaming. Hmm. He was interviewed by police because all family members, of course, are. 
He was hysterical, inconsolable, and told police he needed to vomit. He asked for the bin so he could vomit. Mm -hmm. Uh, After the interview, he was released. My gut feeling is I'm suspicious of him. Are you? Yes. Red flag? Yeah. At this point in time, police around the Bakersfield area upped their patrols Mm -hmm. because you've got three children, two adults dead, Mm. and killer on the run. Uh, People gathered in just hordes outside the house. They kept vigil outside the home, candles. There was a shrine for the family there. But then, as always, there was the funeral for the for all the family mm-hmm. and then the killer wasn't found. Hope just began to fade and people tried to move on. So they had looked at Vincent, but everyone knew that at the time he was so far away. He had this alibi that he was visiting his family and he was on the way to see him. They hadn't found any murder weapon and a year went by. Then, out of nowhere, Vincent was charged with five counts of felony murder. Mm. His mother was so shocked. She said there is absolutely no way that he did this. Mm. But what they didn't know was for that entire year that had passed, investigators had been digging slowly, 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 looking into his past and what he'd been doing that weekend or that time that he was away. So they found an ex girlfriend who he'd had a child with and they discovered that he could go from zero to 100 in literally a second. Temper wise? Correct. Ah, So they, she had said to these investigators, yeah, we'd had a fight once and I threw a slipper and he just went ballistic. A slipper? A slipper. That's a really, I threw a sponge once at Kieran. It was wet, but it's like, as I was throwing it, I was thinking this is not having the impact. That you'd hoped for. Yeah, I was hoping for a dramatic, it hit Mm. the back of the door as he was closing the door to get away from me. Sponge hit the door. It's like, that's... No it's good. not what a you wanted. Part. No. They also discovered that he was a serial cheater and had been with several women throughout his marriage. So that's where he'd been going. Correct. Wow. So then they started piecing together what he did in those few days. So two days before July 4th, he had flown to Ohio to see his brother. Mm. He rented a car and stayed with his brother. On the night, I think a couple of days later... He drove all the way back to Bakersfield, almost two and a half thousand miles. What? Killed his entire family, got back in the car, drove two and a half thousand miles back to his brother's house. The next morning, got up with his brother and started driving to see his mother like nothing had happened. What a psychopath. An officer said what was compelling about the case was there is a total lack of physical evidence to tie Vincent's brothers, Vincent brothers to the crime scene. So they suspected that this is, is what he'd done, but they couldn't prove it. Yeah. Because... Oh, it's a year later anyway, well, isn't it? Well, it's a year later and uh, he could offer solid evidence that he'd been in Ohio with his family. He produced uh, credit card statements to say, look, I ate here. The family first saw Vincent on Wednesday night when he arrived. He was with them on Thursday. They went out to a restaurant called the China Buffet. They had a receipt from there that Vincent had signed. He'd used his credit card to purchase lunch. Um, But it wasn't until after they worked out that Mm. he'd given his credit card to his brother and told his brother, put everything on my card while I'm here. Don't worry about it. So I wonder if they looked at CCTV and saw who was actually the person using it. The other thing was a 
Bakersfield, uh, a neighbour in Bakersfield reported seeing Vincent near the Harper home around the time of the murders. And rental records for the car that he'd hired, that rental car that he hired in Ohio, mm. showed that he had put 5,400 miles on it, which was more than enough to travel from Ohio to California and back. But the issue with that was just because the car had miles on it doesn't mean they that can't that's say where, where he, he drove went. it. He yes. could have just driven it in yeah. circles. Yeah. So they asked an entomologist. Which would be kind of crazy anyway if they just got this Ab- car going around, sure. around in circles. Yeah. But they asked an entomologist mm. yes. to look at the vehicle. Do you remember what an entomologist does? Well, bugs and insects. Bugs, yes. correct. So the entomologist examined Don't, is this the rental car. Little squash things on the front. They looked what? at all the squashed bugs on the front of the vehicle, no. and they worked out that it had bugs on it that could have only been collected in a travelling from Ohio back to Bakersfield, and it predominantly had bugs on it that would be flying around at night. Get out! That's fantastic. The trial began on February 22nd, 2007. He pleaded not guilty and claimed that he was in Ohio visiting his brother, um, a brother he'd also not seen in 10 years, by the way. Um, According to the prosecution case, they said he was an admitted adulterer who never loved his family and used his murder as a means to rid himself of the financial burden his family had placed him in. God. They claimed that on July 2nd, 2003, he flew to Ohio to visit his brother in order to establish an alibi. When he touched down in Ohio, he immediately rented the Dodge rent-a-car. Of course, we know they seized the car, saw that he'd put all those miles on it, um, and they estimated he drove that 4,500 miles in around two to three days. God. Um, it was the radiator and the air filter they tested to find all the bugs. That's where they all were. It found only uh, there were bugs in it that could only that were only in the west. And types of insects found indicated the car had only been driven at night. Uh, Amazing. They introduced video evidence that proved that Vincent's brother was the one using that credit card, even though it belonged to him. Now, the defence claimed that extramarital affairs did not make a murderer Mm. and that was just being used to discredit his character. They claimed that his phone records placed him in Ohio at the time of the murder. They introduced all this other evidence, the credit card stuff, saying that his mum had seen him and Mm. all that um, and that he was motivated by greed. He wanted to remove himself from the family. Mm. On May 15, 2007, he was found guilty of five counts of first-degree murder uh, and he was sentenced to death by lethal injection. What? Oh, God. Uh, Why didn't he just go? If he didn't want to be there, just go, you... I know. I don't know why they do this. Why kill them all? Why kill them? He'd already been doing it. I mean, if it's the the affair, if it's seeing other people, just go and mm. see the other woman. Yeah. I, like, I know it's, you know, wrong in the eyes of the Lord and everything. You're about to get married, so don't do it, Chanel. I know. But, but, but killing the children, the children kill, thing. Kill the I know it's, I'm not saying it's okay to kill the mother-in-law and the wife, mm. but the killing of the kids. No need. Yeah. One of those children was like six months old. Oh, mm. God. Awful. Yep, awful. Okay, go your medium Can, rare. Was I really, really quiet? I didn't even swallow. No, you didn't. During any of that. I even tried not to, to breathe. You were really good. Any noises at all. Um, 
We had a lovely email, actually from three emails from Penny, which we'll work our way through. But this is um, was from a, a tip that Penny emailed in. Thank you, Penny. Um, this was in August 1974. There was a huge f- flood. So if you're not from Australia, Canberra is the capital of Australia. Um, it's in New South Wales and it's where our parliament house is and you know where they run the country from. Very poorly, some might say, but they, <laughs> they're a mess. Anyway, back in 1974, hang on, no, I'll tell you first, right in the middle of Canberra. So Canberra, they sort of built the city all at once. It was designed by an American architect by the name of Walter Burley Griffin. And so the big lake in the middle of Canberra is called Lake Burley Griffin. And the lake was flooded, I think, in the early 1960, oh, 1963. Um so 10 years after Canberra was built and Lake Billy Griffin was built and all the rest of it, there was a huge flood. So this was in August 1974 and the flood mostly hit – was that the wet noise? That was it. Was that it? I didn't hear Did it. Did you hear it? No, I didn't hear it. It was like it. I sort of breathed in but there was a bit of moisture with it. What was it? I can't help this. Who has a dry mouth? Who has what, that? What noises? I didn't I hear it. Know. I'm so conscious. I want to cry. Okay. There was, was a ha- sniff. I'll tell you if I hear it, go. All right, tell me if you hear it. Okay, so just above Canberra or sort of about 20 k's, slightly less from Canberra is Queen Bianne and the floods hit Queen Bianne quite hard and flooded out the local car park and washed out the graves in the Riverside Cemetery in Queen Bianne. So a rumour spread that corpses from the cemetery had washed down the river and ended up in Lake Burley Griffin in the middle of Canberra. Oh. So uh, I thought I'd check and see whether this was actually true. So the newspaper of the day, it was the flood actually sounded like it was incredibly serious. There was all sorts of things. There was there was a major bridge in Queen Bianne that that had been destroyed. So the two sides of the city you couldn't get from one to the other. You know, if there was an emergency, they had to drive twenty four kilometres right around. So that was one of their first priorities. Uh, the state member for the area, Mister, I think it's Morga M A U G E R. Um, he went and assessed it all and he had a look at the cemetery. He said that the cemetery was almost completely underwater. It was absolutely tragic to see coffins and bodies were afloat. Oh. It's a very 1974 way of speaking. The coffins and bodies were afloat and I would say that not one of the graves was left untouched. Mm. When I was watching this afternoon, about 20... Twenty feet of the bank fell into the river, and I was talking to one couple whose parents' graves had completely disappeared. Today we'd be like, a grave discovery in the middle of Canberra. Yes, and you'd be there with your microphone and someone abusing you from the side, yelling at you. It's true. You chick on the the TV, Mm. you're up. What do they call you? An old man called me a slut today. I know. I was Mm. hoping you'd confess to that. Uh, so a few days. Well, it wasn't today. It was a few, it was actually a few weeks ago? How do you? Yeah, it's in the papers. You can Google it. Google oh. Chanel Feller, and you'll see she was kind of abused outside Al. court. I did. It's called describes you as a respected journalist who was abused. I stand by I, that. So it's a positive. It's a win-win all round. It is I think. It's true. Uh, so that was August 1974. A few days later, as the flood water started to clear, the police um, went to have a, a better look at what had actually happened at the cemetery and they established that between 40 and 50 graves from the Church of England Riverside Cemetery in Erin Street 
had been destroyed or had been washed out by this flood, but they started denying rumours that bodies had been recovered from Lake Burley Griffin. Mm. As soon as they start denying it, I'm super you know suspicious of that. Yeah. Uh, it was then a few days later, it was reported that the police had recovered three bodies from the cemetery. But then they also denied that they were from Lake, that they'd ended up in Lake Burley Griffin. So I found another newspaper report. Uh, this is on the 5th of September. So again, just a few days after the flood. This is in the Canberra Times. And it says Inspector Percy Hale, in charge of the Queen Bean Police, said yesterday that three bodies had so far been recovered from the Queen Bean River, which had flooded the Riverside Cemetery in Erin Street. I already told you all that. Um, Many of the lost remains may never be recovered as they were thought to be more than 100 years old or buried beneath part of the cemetery which had subsided from erosion. And again, they said, no, nothing in Lake Burley Griffin. Uh, but then they went on to say that the bodies would be reburied as soon as possible. There was one woman who said that seven graves belonging to her relatives had been destroyed by this flood water. Mm. Uh, in comes Max Morton. Dinka Mozzie, who tells it like it is. Max was an SES worker who was at the cemetery in the days after the flood. And Max is going to tell us, not in that kind of voice, where, oh, there's nothing to see here. There's no bodies in there. People look away. I know the accent, the accent you're trying to do. I don't think it's the one you're doing. Well, I wanted to contrast with Max, who's the salt of the earth. Okay. And he's so the SES, if you're not from Australia, is the state emergency service. And Max was there in the days after the flood. And Max recounted the what he called nightmare at the cemetery. Murder. That's the accent you're trying to do. That's the one. Yeah. Thank you. When I got there, you could see where the bank had washed away. And there was the end of a coffin sticking out of the mud. There was a body laying in the water, caught on a tree. Ooh. A full body. Ooh. Do you love Max already? But these are 100-year-old bodies. Well, that sounds fresher than 100 years. That's what I mean, a full body. The whole thing, it sounds like such a cover-up, doesn't it? Uh, let's let Max, um, Max then went on to describe a police officer who was preparing to be lowered into the riverbed to retrieve a body. By the time he was ready, it had drifted away. <laughs> there were skulls and things. There were bones. Oh. Because as he walked across the mud, <laughs> oh, he was pushing bones into the mud Ooh. to hide them from sightseers. Ooh. They seriously were so, like, pushing them intent into on the going, mud. no, there's no bodies in Lake Burley Griffin. No, that's just a piece of rubbish I'm standing on. They were, and he was trying to... Actual tibia. Yep. And he was it's like my go-to bone. Pushing it, looking you straight in the eye, not looking away from the eye contact, talking to you. How's your day going, mate? And all the time his foot's Stomping going, on bones. Push, push, push. Yes. Uh, he said the ACT police were sent the next day with a boat to retrieve that body and others. Um, but he says he doesn't particularly remember where the bodies were found. There was something called Oaks Estate. He thought they'd, the bodies had ended up at. Um, Oaks Estate is about 12 k's before Lake Burley Griffin. So... I don't think that remains were washed 12 kilometres downstream into Lake okay. Griffin and are still in the heart of Canberra. Um, they're saying it's very hard to discover How anything do you like know, that. Though? They don't. They never will know for sure. I think there's dead people in the Yarra. Oh, there would be for sure. I look all the time because I walk along beside it. And there's always like a, a tyre or something. In yeah. It. Yarra is the main river that runs through Melbourne. Yeah. It's you should actually so brown and you should do a story on whether how many bodies have ever been pulled out of the era because I reckon there's a few. Mm. Um, it'll be very hard for them to know exactly how many bodies ever were 
sort of washed away because the cemetery was and apparently still is crowded, really poorly kept. A lot of plots were shared. There were as many as 5,000 burials there and they were some of them were unmarked graves. And when tombstones fell over, they just left them there. Um, so I believe that they're restoring the cemetery, but they never will actually know. There was a nine-month effort to identify the washed-out graves after the flood and they found that 100 of the cemetery's graves had been affected only about 80 of them were identified. So what remained in each of those after the disaster is a mystery. And can I just quote Max again? Yeah, I like him. In, that's that accent? Yeah. yeah. Not that one. We're not speaking that way anymore. Max said, my personal feeling is that some of them ha- must have, but bodies have got a habit of catching in things. No one knows. Whatever did make it to the lake is at the bottom. Food for the carp. Which is nice, isn't it? It's been Max sounds the like fish. the kind of guy who comes up to me outside court and tells me, I've got a story for you, and you know immediately it's not a story. I love Max. That's yeah, Max will come and save you. If you are in trouble and you he ring help and you say, out. help someone, the roof has come off my house mm. in this storm, please come and put a tarp over it, Max will be the one that will turn up and do it for you. So there you are. Do some feedback. Okay. All right. There's a few bits and pieces. Um, one Oh, I'll get to Brendan in a second. Uh, Anne-Marie has tipped us off to an episode. There's a podcast called Ologies, which talks about death and dying, if anyone wants to listen to it. It's Why quite long. Why are you spooking other podcasts on our podcast? Why shouldn't we? Well, they might give us a little mention. Oh, okay. We're being I doubt supportive. it, okay. but I'm just passing on what yeah, Anne-Marie yeah. said. You've made a good point. Um, we see we received some feedback on the story about Ruth Coker Burks. So she was the lady that worked with the patients dying with AIDS. Yes. That feedback in particular came from <laughs> Kirsten's excited because she knows Ruth Coker Burks. <gasps> what? I know, I know. It was the most beautiful thing. What? She says I cannot tell you how delighted I was to find this in my inbox today. So someone else must have heard it and told her, they're talking about you on the Dead Bodies podcast. Uh, She says, it is so humbling and at the same time such an honour to have you share my story with your listeners. Thank you from the very bottom of my heart. And she did that little smiley thing that looks to me like bosoms on the side. I don't know what it is. What is that? It's a heart. Oh, is it? Wow. I think she was when did she write to us? I still don't check the inbox because uh, it makes me nervous. A week or so ago. Isn't that lovely? And I, I straight away, I must have such a little, I'm such a goody two-shoes of a girl that I straight away thought, oh, no, what? I hope I told her story correctly and it was all right and stuff. I hope it was because she sounded she was happy. Um, several people sent their congratulations to you on your engagement. Oh, yes, thank um, you. Including Cassandra. She says, you're engaged, Chanel. Congratulations to you both. Lol, I immediately thought of death plots. <laughs> <laughs> Not deterred. Uh, now, that's love or a codependent relationship. Because he, I, yeah. Um, Could still kill him. Oh, this was from Terry. This is going back a little bit. This is back when we, uh, in the episode where I talked about Andrew, you were doing those experiments on bodies with the electricity. Mm. Terry's a bit harsh. Are you up for this? Can you cop it? Yeah. Terry says, come on, guys. And there's a lot of exclamation marks. I'll try and count them. Yeah. It looks like a barcode. There's so many exclamation marks. Okay. Uh, Ten minutes of utter bullshit at the start of this episode. More exclamation marks. You can do better. More exclamation marks. What were we talking about? I just utter bullshit, obviously. (laughs) But what was it? I don't know. Oh, that was the one. I do remember it, actually. We got carried away. We kept changing topics. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry. Um, Brendan, 
nice things, nice things. Thank you, binged, etc., etc. Um, Brendan says, we've been watching and thought you two might enjoy a TV show from our side of the ditch. So I think he's from New Zealand. The Casketeers is, like your show, a great mix of humour and the harsh reality of death. Can I just say thank you to everyone who has brought The Casketeers to our attention. Uh, I think it's showing on Netflix. Lots of people have contacted us and recommended it, so it must be good. Okay. Um, there. Okay. Like it. Yeah. I can, I, can I do just one more? Because yeah, I know you've yeah, got a couple. Yeah. Um, this is from Ursula. Hello, Didi and Chanel. Nice things, nice things. Seriously, though, my son Remy and I love your podcast. Cute. It's a family listening activity. I love it. I bet it's on the way to school. It's concerning, but cute, yeah. <laughs> In episode 35, you talked about how bad it was that Laura's family were making all the medical decisions for Whitney. These were the yes. two girls that were swapped together. Uh, things could have been far worse. As Rem pointed out, what if they decided to switch off the machines? Oh, that's a good point. Very good point, Rem. Thank you. She says, keep up the good work. Thank you, Ursula. I've got a couple. I think this has come from, this is from Ella on Facebook, but I think this has come from when we're talking about scattering remains around. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone says, how would you like your remains to be handled after you die? And someone wrote back saying they'd want them scattered at Disneyland. Mm. Creepy. Read the rest. Oh, also, I don't want to be cremated. So they just want their remains scattered around Disneyland. I think that's the joke of it. Oh, like they just want their leg, yes. a leg left. <laughs> Creepy. Um, from Kate on Facebook. People hear Kirsten laughing in the they background. They do. She just too quiet. She tries to laugh quietly. Don't breathe or swallow saliva. Kate on Facebook says, "Nice things, nice things." Listen to our, <laughs> listens to our podcast. She says, "I have I had a terrifying experience in Thailand several years ago when I was staying at a hostel, never stay at hostels, with my boyfriend Is that at you the or time. Her saying no, that? me saying never stay okay. at hostels. We heard several men yelling at each other in Thai right outside our window and heard what sounded like someone being strangled to death." We spent the whole night clutching each other awake and scared shitless. The next day, the Thai police asked if anyone at the hotel had seen or heard anything the night before because a man had actually been beaten and strangled to death. They said no. They said they didn't hear anything because it's widely known that Thai police aren't exactly trustworthy and who knows what we would have been involved in in ourselves if we had said yes they changed their plans and they left the city that day it was horrible oh god would you say yes or no oh i don't know no i think i'd say no too yeah if i was in a foreign country i'd i'd yep i'd be scared disappear yeah yep saw nothing nobody saw me no you can't prove anything did we do any noises that was bart simpson i don't think we did no i think we're very quiet and dry and we were dry and I really focused on not saying, um, and I didn't notice you doing it. I didn't in the last episode. I wanted to drive myself <laughs> off the road listening to it. I felt annoyed for our listeners. So apologies. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com and we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.